and welcome back to another episode of the Hero Ball Podcast. I am Richard Davidson, and I am joined by my good buddies, Ethan Uffman and Malcolm Beltry. Now, guys, we are here Sunday before the uh, February 10 trade deadline, 3 p.m. Eastern on this Thursday. Guys, I'm excited for it. I'm ready. Uh, and uh, leading up to it, there have already been trades that have been made. Guys, how are you doing? How are you feeling? Are you ready for this season of trades? Doing good. Ready for the trades to be to begin. Because uh, obviously, I believe my team is going to be involved during this trade deadline. Yeah, we got to imagine the Pacers would want something to get shaken up a little bit, queuing them up for a good offseason and, you know, building this thing back out to a six seed. Got to imagine that's what they're eyeing. Got got to got to hit the uh, um, yeah got to hit the ceiling of, of of the sixth seed if 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 you're the the Pacers and then, you know Pistons going to be heavily involved uh, the um, Heat I don't know I'm not sure how how much they'll be you know doing things but we we won't leave Ethan out because the Portland Trailblazers have already made a splash um, is is this the beginning? Of of the of the end for for the Portland Trailblazers kind of uh, I don't I don't want to use the word dynasty here because that that seems <laughs> a little bit strong <laughs> but it, you know of, of this um, uh, being in core. playoff contention yeah should we say play, being this playoff contention whatever whatever it is. is is this the beginning of the end I mean it looks like that to me let's read the deal off real quick it was norm powell and robert cumden exiting the blazers for one eric bledsoe justice winslow keon johnson and a 2025 second round pick and yeah i look at this as i i'm a little surprised you couldn't get more for norm and you i'm not surprised you can get more for robert Covington because he is expiring and is also looking worse than he has in a long time but all that being said, I was a little surprised that Norm Powell did not fetch a decent a decent offer. But yeah, the Blazers have traded away two of their six best role players with Damian Lillard still sidelined, CJ McCollum coming back and being his normal self, but nothing that's going to push the the uh, the Blazers over the top. Yeah, it, to me it looks like an, a, a prime opportunity and a stage set for the Blazers to uh, finish the job and fully blow up. Yeah, I'm I'm kind of leaning towards that way as well, where I'm kind of looking at it as soon as I saw that deal, because for me at least, Norman Powell is the guy you're like, all right, if you're trying to contend, you keep him on there as long as he's not your main like ball handler, but he's a guy to have on your rotation. But once I saw that deal and who they got in return, I'm like, yeah, this could be a sign, and I know they're probably gonna be. I feel like CJ. We all know how that's been going on been looking to move him and i think with dame it almost feels like they're waiting for dame to demand a trade like they don't want to look like the bad guys it's almost like they're like break up with us we don't want to break up with you type of thing and sometimes i get i get the feeling with all the signings they've done in like the last couple of years that they're trying to almost force dame to be like hey dame don't you want to leave this situation is just bad go ahead and say it and that's that's the feeling i'm getting it could not be like it's probably not like that at all but it seems like management is ready to move on from this phase. Well, it's like the every trade. I'll oh, go ahead, Richard. I was gonna say the, the way the way I, I look at this, it's I mean, you personally, I would have tried to do you know a couple. I would try to split it up. Like I, I think I could have fetched something uh, for Norman Powell, something else for Robert Covington, 
and you know try to diversify you know what's coming back because it's Keon Johnson. This really comes down to you know is he going to is he going to be helpful? Uh, is is he is he going to be a, a an actual you know good player going down? And he kind of fits what the Blazers like to do, being you know super young and and you hope that you can kind of mold him into I don't know some semblance of an NBA player. Uh, but the other facet of this is that it, it seems like they just did it for cost savings, right? Just, we're, we're dodging the tax and, you know, that the tax is the worst thing that we, that, that we could be in. And I, I get it. You don't want to pay, you don't, you don't want to be paying the tax for a team that is currently at the 10 seed, you know, maybe might make the play in, um, or could slip down into the lottery and maybe get upwards of like, you know, the fifth best odds or something like that, uh, especially with their first round picks for the foreseeable future protected through the lottery. So I don't, I don't know uh, if, if they really want to, I don't think that they want to really make a push this year with, with Dame being out. It, it might be the, the right, you know, the right move. I just, I begin to worry and wonder. It's like, well, if we're doing this is a CJ trade on the near horizon is a Dame trade on maybe the further horizon? Uh, I I don't know. It, it would seem to me as though um, they are, and, and I, I just wonder: have they been? Are they a little bit late on on, on the on the Dame trade, or you know, are, are the offers going to get worse um, by the time the off season rolls around, or 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 next trade deadline? Well, it's like I I think the Blazers did a, have done. Just, just so optimal jobs trying to build up around Dame in the recent memory. Like it, it became, I thought it became clear when their defense like only had one decent season in the like throughout this time frame that the, the two small guard lineup was was always going to be a trouble unless you had a true true like defensive center like a Rudy Gobert basically that can cover so many mistakes and. You know, they got Nurkic had come in, and he, that was a great trade, actually, where they got assets back for getting rid of Mason Plumley. And then it's like almost like at that point, Neil O'Shea had this mindset that he, he was understanding the trade market better than everyone else, gave up two first for Robert Covington, gave up a first for Norm Powell. And both those guys, like, while, you know, individually are okay defenders, like, and specifically Robert Covington, a great help side defender, really good at, you know, providing help. Um, and then you look at Norm Powell, really good all ball defender, like can kind of can guard up a little bit despite having a small frame. But neither of those guys, especially when you already have like isolation holes at the, at the one and two with Damon CJ. Okay, sick. We're just gonna run a pick and roll, and then if 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 you if you guys don't switch, we still have Dame to attack, and if you do switch, we have Robert Covington to attack, who was never the be- hasn't been the best on ball defender in a while. It's just the team just didn't fully synchronize. Like they did good, they got brought in good players. It just did not synchronize and work out best for the Blazers. And I think it's just time to to cut bait. And I, I there's no one who wants Damon Lloyd in Portland more than me. That's an exciting player to watch. He's made living in Portland just a better experience for me in general. But at this point in time, like y- your window to trade Dame and get actual things back is is rapidly approaching and. I would I would like to think the Blazers can put together a fun young team and like keep you know and and keep like the the franchise like in a good spot versus running out of time and Dame 
you know, getting old and decrepit and not good enough to carry the team and then also still being in a financially burdened state. Mm-hmm. Like, I definitely feel like it should happen right now where it's at. I, with his trade value, because I know he struggled to begin the season and now he's injured. So I know that's one thing where I'm just like, <sighs> I don't know about that as far as what his trade value is, but I think they should go ahead and just do it now. This is the time when he's, I don't think he's ever going to say it, but if you do it now, then Ethan brought up a good point. There's probably some good packages out there right now that you can get for him as far as some stuff you can get in return, but it seems like they don't want to fully tank at this time. So that's another thing. I'm just like, well, guys got to decide what to do, but I think CJ and Dame, I think for Portland's future, I mean, I don't know how it affects your viewing as a fan, Ethan, but they have to get rid of both of those guys. Like, I think that's just what has to happen at this point. Yeah, it definitely makes sense. There's going to be a, uh, there's going to be a moment where you got to make the decision to be financially viable, like paying people the correct amount of monies or, you know, pushing for the championship and understanding that you're overpaying for certain players. And this team has fallen out of championship contention un- under every circumstance, barring like, um, like what Nurkic turning into Joel Embiid. There's nothing on this roster that is screaming we have a championship window. And so if you don't have a championship window, you need to pay people appropriately so you can then get value and get back there. The the, the, the tough part is like you almost wonder if the making it the year that they made it to the conference finals, like I wonder what that did to their kind of psyche and, and made them think, oh, are we really closer than than we actually are? Like I wonder if it caused a little bit of a misestimation because you're right, you got to ha- be having players that – are I mean obviously max players that's one avenue of being able to get more value than you're paying for somebody but the other avenue is you know young players and rookie deals and because the Blazers have like skewed younger to try to kind of get those home run hits well now Anthony Simons is seeming to, to do stuff but now it's a it seems like it's a little bit too late almost and they might have missed their window in going out and all right let's go ahead and trade to get Robert Covington and and missing on the opportunity to draft a Sadiq Bay. Right. Or, um, you know, other, other players that that you know, at the time we thought oh this would be, you know, like Sadiq would have been a really, really good fit over there in Portland. Being able to, uh, you know, being slightly older. Right. Not 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 too old, but like would would be someone who could fit uh, and, and help along. I, I don't know. It's 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 tough. And now, you know, we got to we got to move. I think that CJ is going to be moved by by the deadline. Man, I hope so. And I hope it would be for something of value. I mean, I know early in the season when when Ben Simmons first came available, and like like everyone in my house was like Ben Simmons and CJ, you know, figure out the picks. I was like, there's just no way. There's just better players available that like if you wait till the middle of the season, you might be able to get like Bradley Beal could have like shaken loose. You know, like we don't know how bad, poorly this Washington the Washington things worked out pretty bad. But we didn't know how poorly it could work out. I mean, obviously, Damian Lillard is like kind of fun, but and all of a sudden now James Harden is, you know, expressing some malcontent. So, like, I think Daryl Morey did do the right thing to not panic and trade Simmons for less than what he could get. I mean, maybe the Sixers would be the one seed, but they're pretty close to that right now anyway. And that's without, you know, $33 million playing. Like, the Sixers right now are doing something very similar to that that Heat team that was performing really well without Chris Bosh before they'd given up on him fully. And they were playing with an arm tied behind their back with 
the, the best the best player on the team not being able to play in the postseason. So like I, I think they're doing really well. Um, and if they can manage to grab some value here, I, I think CJ would still be taking a little less than what you could get. But I, I, I listen, I would I would preserve Dame and keep him on the team if we could get a Ben Simmons back. But I'm just wondering if we have enough firepower to do so, and I don't think we do. You have you had come up with a uh, crazy crazy blow it up trade. I don't know yes. if you wanted to 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 get into that and kind of discuss it, uh, well, it as it pertains to this before maybe we talk yeah. about. Go ahead, go ahead, go ahead. Yeah, I say why not because it's one of those things that like this trade has very little likelihood of happening just because it does take some cooperating. But I'm looking at at blowing this whole thing up. I'm looking at Dame Lillard as four years. He needs to go play for a team that can win this year when he comes back healthy. Obviously, he's been out for a while with that abdominal thing. But I don't think anyone training for Damian Lillard is worried about this season as much as they're worried about the next couple. But like, I think he's going to be fine. He's going like he's going to be playing, and if he's playing with a guy like Joel Embiid, all that is easier too. So Damian Lillard is going to the Sixers. Long story short, and the Sixers are going to be sending back a Ben Simmons and two first-round picks to compensate the Blazers. Now people might be thinking that the salaries aren't exactly matching up. Well, we're not going to send anything else to the Blazers from the Sixers money-wise because there's something else that's very sad for me, but also it's good because there's only one year remaining on his contract after the season's over, and we are sending C.J. McCollum out in this trade too. C.J. McCollum is going to become a Laker for Russell Westbrook, and that makes me sick to my stomach a little bit. But we're going to get a first-round pick in return, and C.J. is one of those guys that he's had some health problems his entirety of his career. He's got three years left at $30 million. Not an easy number to move in general. We're going to take back Russ and take a first-round pick, and this is one of those things that you just, you know, if we got a John Wall him, we got a John Wall him, but we're taking Russ for Westbrook. And then to save the money, because that, that move would work, but you got to get out of the tax if you're the Blazers. We're going to be sending Larry Nance off to the Thunder. That's just a good a goodwill. Here's a positive value player. Take him so we can execute this deal without having to pay luxury tax. A lot going on. I I mean the with with the crazy. It's just like who who who's the, who's the team that that that's like would say no to that. I just want to like of all the teams, who's more like, most likely to say no. I mean, I do think it is the Blazers because it's it's such an identity swap. Like the Thunder, I don't think would have any qualms with this. This pushes them closer to their salary floor. It gives them a player that, as long as they don't aggregate with another player, they could still send him out his ten million dollars for another like theoretical bad contract. Like maybe I don't like I can't remember how much Joe Ingles makes or how much the Jordan Clarkson makes, but maybe the Jazz would just pluck him away. And for, for a pick, and then the, the Thunder are up another draft pick somehow. I mean, there's options that they could still move on from Larry Nance. So I think they'd be happy to have Larry Nance in there, especially an expiring deal as a positive value player. Absolutely they would. That's a great player for them to have. Uh, CJ McCollum for Russell Westbrook, um, a guy who can actually shoot threes. And, I mean, like obviously is not anywhere near the peak caliber of like a Kyrie Irving. But when you think about the way like they would synchronize their games, the way LeBron played with Kyrie, the way CJ would play with LeBron, I know it's an older older LeBron, it's an older CJ than Kyrie, and it's a lesser Kyrie, but that's a good fit. We know that works, and you have Anthony Davis, not Kevin Love. I think it, I think it could work out well. 
Damian Lillard going to the Sixers. Obviously, there's your there's your offensive spark. In this trade, they retain uh, Tyrese Maxey, which I think is valuable because that, that still gives them one more like chip to trade away. I don't think the Blazers have a lot of use for Maxey. Maybe that would have to be included here. The Blazers could do that in this makeup. Um, and so you'd have Simmons, Maxey, and Simons, but... I mean that's that's fine, and I I would be fair if like I think if that's what pushes it over, I think the Sixers do it, but I think they'd definitely be hesitant because obviously with Damian Lillard um, having a little bit of injury problems this year, and I think Maxi being a little bit of a positive defender at the guard position, it, like he's the kind of guy you want to hang on to, but ultimately this is a, hey we're gonna give Simmons a team, we're gonna try to build out a defensive identity team. And have Simmons roll, run the show. Anthony Simons is not like a great creator. Like he's kind of does okay. He's very similar to CJ McCollum in the way he goes about his business, except for he doesn't sell for mid range all the time. I think it's one of those things that you just move this team to a new direction. You you you, you bring in three picks. So if you strike the strike gold in the lottery, and all of a sudden you need picks to trade, we had those crazy protections in that um, Larry Nance trade with involved Chicago. You have these picks now. If you strike gold and you're ready to get back out there and try to bring in real talent, you can trade these picks. Um, and then Russell Westbrook, you just wait for him to expire, although his playing ability already has. Man. I actually <clears> – first of all, I know the Lakers getting off of Russell, they're not going to say it out loud, but I think that's something that they would definitely want to do. And – part of me thinks right now the Sixers like this is a trade where I see like the Sixers kind of see Damian Lillard it feels like a healthy little I could see him pulling the trigger on this trade really quick but even with Westbrook and getting McCollum back I don't know because you get a better three-point shooter you know what that would help I think I think I just think of like the Lakers problems I know Russell Westbrook is one of the problems defense is the overall problem you're not going to fix it with one trade but I think them getting off this that contract, yeah. I think, I mean, I look at it, the Lakers, I feel like we'll be the ones that'll be like, almost like, yes, let's do this. But I feel like it's less likely for the other two teams. That That's where I'm at right now with it. The way that I look at this is because so many teams are involved, just the more, the more teams that get involved in these fake trades, you know, the less likely that something like this is going to happen just because of, of the craziness of it. Like I could see like, and it has been rumored like, Hey, they might try to move CJ, but I don't think that like, like for example, the Pelicans are a team that has been rumored to be interested in McCollum for maybe a push into the play in this year. And, and maybe for, you know, they, they view him as a fit going forward. Um, and, and so like, I just peeking at it, like the way that it could work is, um, Sadoransky, Josh Hart, Jackson Hayes, and maybe it's uh, like a first round pick or something, or, or I mean, Pelicans have, have draft capital that they can, that they can send to, to make it work. But like the money on that works. And so it's just a matter of, well, like something like that is a little bit of an easier fit. And, and I look at it from like the Sixers perspective and the reporting has been out there, right? Shams, uh, has said, 76ers and Nets are going to engage in dialogue on a deal around Simmons for Harden before the deadline. You know, there, there were there was rumors going out that it would happen. Oh, this off season and when Harden is uh, a, a free agent and he can kind of begin to dictate a little bit. And so, if the discussion 
is Simmons for Harden or Simmons for Dame while Dame is injured. And looking at it, like, and maybe this is all just the way that Maury has been phrasing it. Like, you sent how, how many first-round picks to the um, uh, to the Blazers in, in this trade? Two. I mean, I know that Maury's stance is that we should do Simmons for Harden. And the reason, the reason why you have to send picks over is because of the, hey, Dame is under contract. He's yeah. not going to leave. He can't go anywhere. Whereas for Harden, this is he's an expiring deal. And so even if Maury knows I can go ahead and sign him and I have that, there is a little bit of like maybe I don't need to invest those first round picks and can you do it just for Simmons or maybe Simmons and, you know, just maybe I feel like the value that you're sending out is a little is a little lesser. Um yeah. and so looking at, at from Maury's perspective, it's like, well, why would I go ahead and, and do all of this if there's an easier avenue um, to, to beginning a, a higher level player that I, that I that I want? Even if, in my estimation, we'll talk about this a little bit, I don't see Harden as the best fit necessarily with Embiid, but like that, that that's where I look at at it from from that perspective. I think that from from the Blazers, you know, if you're going to be trading CJ, then let's move Dame as well. Um, let's make it happen, right? Just to, to get ourselves on the right path. Uh, but who knows? With, with, with Dame, with Dame's, um, I think with Dame's surgery and him being able to sit out the whole year, like, I I guess I don't necessarily see his value as changing that much from where it currently is to this offseason. Um, if anything, the extra weight might help and say, oh, well, maybe, he, maybe he's, maybe the narrative is he's healthy finally, as opposed to um, what we saw you know, in, in spurts to, to start the year. Yeah. I say, I, I think when you brought, I definitely, like if, if, hard, if you can get hardened for less picks and you can get lowered for it, that's obviously a better move. I, I agree with you that Harden is not a perfect defensive fit with, with MB. We talked about this back when Harden was still a rocket we did. and we were talking about how theoretically Harden and Simmons would be actually the, uh, the better pairing than, Harden and Embiid. I think we were wrong because of how good Embiid is, but the concept I think was correct in terms of the switching switching ability and versus having Embiid who doesn't get out to hedge as hard. And I, th- I think the the idea at that point was speaking to like, all right, let's assume because let's assume Harden is the best player of all the players that we're talking about, and if that's if if that's the case, you're trying to maximize Harden, then. Simmons is a better fit from that perspective, but but now we 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 Embiid is the best player of all the three that we're talking about. So that that just that brings kind of a new, a new, new dynamic with it. I mean, not just offensively, but defensively with where Embiid likes to be and where Harden likes to be. I just think it's a difficult fit, um, on on both sides. Other, but I mean, it. I mean, we're we're seeing that Harden might just be a, a difficult a difficult fit. Uh, no matter no matter the team that, that 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 you're on. So, if if anyone knows how to build around him, though, it is the uh, the guy named Daryl Morey. And so I understand a level of comfort in trying to get him versus Damian Lillard. But to be honest, I think Damian Lillard would be the better player, and I think he's worth those picks. Um, especially when you got a guy like Joel Embiid out there. Like it's it's just it's it just seems like the right move to me. 
Um, and I just want to keep in mind, like the Larry Nance dumping to OKC doesn't have to happen in that three-team trade or that four-team trade. I just did it to simplify it for my like visual. But like the Blazers are going to want to dump somebody because they got to get back out of the tax, and that trade by itself would put them back into the tax. That that's why you gotta you gotta send somebody out. So it is complex, and I hear you, but it's not as complex as it had to be. You could have simplified it further and just given them to the Lakers, but you didn't want to do that. Well, the Lakers, I'm not. I mean, the Lakers would would be would happy with that. It just seemed like, I mean, we can I can do that right now and get rid of the Thunder, but then all of a sudden it seems like the Lakers are getting a lot in one deal, and I guess it doesn't matter to the Blazers. Why do they care? Yeah, uh, it's, but, it's just the lake. The lake. This is what the Lakers ask for, and it's just a favor to the to the Lakers. <laughs> like you can't have this happen. Um, the Lakers can't get two better players than Russell Westbrook and save $2 million on the cap. Like, it just doesn't seem fair. Yeah, you, you, yeah I mean, you're, you're sending out your, your un, is unprotected 2020. Oh, it's like, unprotected. That's, 100% yeah. is unprotected. So, like, that that's the, I mean, you're right. It, 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 but you're, you're playing on the, oh, the Blazers have to blow it up. So, the unprotected first round pick, like, that could be juicy. Yeah. Considering, you know. Well, if, if, if simplifying the deal and also making it that much sweeter to get the unprotection, I, I'd send Larry Nance to the Lakers. I mean, he's a, on two I think this is a great deal for the Lakers if they could manage to get this because they have a, a bum playing named Russell Westbrook. And you get CJ, who is not like any like dire straits, incredible player, but he's a lot. He's just as good as Westbrook and he's a way better fit. And then you get Larry Nance, who now can like, you know, be your, you know, in, in terrible poverty Anthony Davis and you have you have your uh you have your your big rotation right there you, you throw in maybe a Dwight Howard to, to assault Nikola Jokic and you're, you're set interesting all of a sudden you have a team that's actually got a lot of players that fit together hmm. instead of having a team that has no one that's good I suppose wow. Listen, if, if, if this could happen, I'd, I'd be very happy for the Blazers getting that many picks in. Obviously, I like Ben Simmons a lot, so I would also be happy about that. Um, I always envision CJ going to the Pacers for some reason and getting back like a TJ Warren and T- Turner or a Jeremy Lamb and Turner and having that stretch big to help Damian Lillard just have all the space in the world to work. But, you know, I... I'm I'm okay. I've had a good run with this these, this Blazers team and having a lot of fun basketball and important basketball being played in Portland. I'm ready to have the Anthony Ben Simmons show, and uh, those those picks coming my way. Yes, yeah, the Simmons and Simons show. Exactly. I'm ready for it. Well, it seems like you guys already like started with the the bringing up Harden already. As we know, Shams kind of let it out there. The Sixers and Nets. Be will engage in his words. Will engage in dialogue on a deal around Simon. Simon almost said Simon's Simmons for Harden. Now, which is at the same time, I kind of cracked up. Where then some counter reports like, oh no, Harden wants to stay with the Nets. KD wants him to stay. Yada yada yada, and all this stuff. But I think if anything, I think he, I think you brought up the point that Lillard might be the better fit. For the Sixers team, but I think Maury has his eyes set on Harden already. That that's I don't know if you guys got a different feeling for Maury, but it seems like reading the tea leaves that Maury's kind of like Harden's our guy. I th- I think so. I think that's the move. Like again, the I the fit with 
um, with Dame, I think is is smoother if for no other reason than defensive system continuity. Like you can tell Dame, he's not going to be great at it. He's not going to be good at it, but at least he'll he's not gonna like Harden. Harden is going to in my estimation going to wreck your defensive scheme you have to put Embiid in drop and he's really really good in a drop and you know maybe he'll you know you know you can vary how high he gets before he drops but I like with with, with the Harden you can't you can't do that you've got to have a, a switching system I guess like like one idea that you know you can that you can have is you could try to do something where you where you do a um, you next the pick and roll, which is just the, the, the next guy who happens to be out there is the one who um, kind of jumps out there. But the problem is it creates a whole lot of backside rotations and someone from the uh, from one side has to basically cross the court and get to the other corner and Harden could drop and, and, and you know, in, into toward his corner. Like I, I just I just worry that defensively you're opening up a lot of holes um, with, with any sort of Harden deal. But uh, I I, I guess the idea is offense is is more important than defense, and in a in a system where, or I guess in a, uh, you know, I, I don't know. I I just I would be hesitant to to go after Harden particularly for the NBA. I I think that there's just better fits out there. I mean, we've talked about Beal; he might not be available, and you're just kind of it's just a waiting game. I think, you know, there there was the kind of rumor out there that once once Shane's posted this that they were there was going to be dialogue. There was like the counter, like, well, you know, Mori um, might not be wanting to, to do that at this at this deadline. You know, he, he I, I saw that out there. I got to find it. But but in, in my mind, my mind immediately went to the oh that come on, Mori, are you it, maybe you're just trying to limit how much you need to go out and and, and pay for um for Harden. But at the same time, like it, I, you begin to wonder, it's like, well, if that's the case, like someone like a Beal might be a better fit, and he might not be available until you know this offseason. Or Bradley Beal, if I'm not mistaken, he is he is he a free agent? Or is he just extension eligible this year? Um, I believe he's extension eligible. Extension eligible. Yeah. Because here's the thing, Bradley Beal, and I I. I don't want to make this a referendum on Beal because I think Bradley Beal is a very good basketball player. But Bradley Beal has become an infinitely better individual scorer and, and player of basketball in general. But, like, even his fit, like, alongside a Joel Embiid without – I mean, again, he, he hasn't uh, – the, the point is, he hasn't shot the ball good since John Wall stopped being a basketball player. That's and true. I'm not out here saying that Bradley Beal can't get back to a good form – you know, having, you know, another dominant force on the court. But, like, it's not like Joel Embiid you – know, I guess I can't say that. I still say John like Joel Embiid brings the ball up the floor and distributes, but kind of, yeah, actually he kind of does. But if if you're trading for Bradley Beal, like, first of all, Bradley Beal seems to really enjoy scoring a lot of points for bad teams based on, like, the, the, the rhetoric I hear. Yeah, but so, I mean, couldn't he also score some good, some a lot of points for a good team? Like, I don't like. I don't know. It does. It doesn't seem like. Could it. he not? I mean, I, could, he. I think he could. Like, like again, it's it's the it's the fit issue where if if you're you got Embiid who's operating and and taking up you know a different role, different space, and uh, like allowing 
um, allowing Beal to, to, to do more. I, I just, I, I think, I, I just think it's a cleaner fit and maybe there's something else that eventually, you know, shows up. I just think a, a midseason trade for something like Harden, which is going to wreck your defensive scheme and system where, where the Sixers have been v- very good. I, I, I just, without the practice time, within the middle of the season like there's not there's not a whole lot not a whole lot of practice time uh at this point in time in the season through the end like that's something that you would have to work out i think an institute um you know during during the off season and so maybe that's i don't know my, my, my hesitation uh I, I just think that it's going to require a level of creativity that i don't and, and practice that i don't think you're going to be able to to actually rep out and make happen uh, you know, this year. But guess what? You've been doing all of this without Simmons, bringing in someone of James Harden's caliber offensively. That could very well help. I just think defensively it, it wrecks. It, it's very ruinous um, to, to what they've got going on on that end. I mean, they, they could get to the point where they're just like, you know what, Daryl Borey's been down this road with the Rockets where he's like, championship windows come and go real quick. And they're like, we haven't been playing at the MVP level. And if we don't pull the trigger on something soon, if we're saying, let's do it later, let's do it later, we don't know what could happen. Maybe next year Embiid starts getting injured again or something like that. So he could say, like, I'm going to do it. Might as well do it right now. We're in good position. It feels like the East is more wide open. It feels like we have a chance to win a championship. So I think we, we should do this right here. We got three players that are obviously, I think, the best, like, superstar available players or star available players if you don't like the word super for whatever reason here's the problem so we got james harden player option can doesn't have to doesn't have to be on your team next year you can trade for him you only have one you only have this amount of time left in the season guaranteed that he's on your team bradley beal i just looked up he's got a player option for next year as well so it's not he is extension eligible like he could build an extension off this but he also can opt out and sign a new contract completely like, he can do whatever he wants. He can go anywhere. The free agent market is just not very open. Or, older player, Damon Lillard, you're locked in for four years. So, given the situation, who's the most valuable there? Well, if you're also taking into account that tampering and discussions will happen, like, you're not... Yes. Like, you're not trading for James Harden unless you know pretty well he's he's going to be sticking around you're not trading for bradley beal unless you also know he's sticking around and then you have each of those guys signed longer term so then that le- I, then that whole leverage play about how these guys aren't worth the picks then all of a sudden doesn't no, really matter does it? well no but, but but it's 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 true but it's maury maury can can say hey i'm not allowed to i'm not like that's one thing where Maury does kind of, I think, have an advantage. I'm not allowed to talk to those guys. I don't know that they will, even though in, in backdoor settings, you, you you have you have the feelings. You kind you kind of know. Um, and if you're those other teams, like, am I really about to lose these guys for nothing? Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, granted, no one's going to go to the Pistons, but <laughs> like, it's you know, I I think that there might you know there could be ways to um make it happen i it's question remains how do we value them bradley beal is 28 years old 
Bradley Beal. Dame defensively, number two, or I, defensively two? I don't think he poses those issues. Um, if it's me, I think I go. I think I go Dame. It's tough with with again uh, guards of um, you know guards of his size. You know he's a little little, little smaller, and I, the the injuries aren't great. The the way that uh, I anticipate him. He's never been a defensive stalwart, and, you know, whereas, like, Chris Paul, obviously, another uh, undersized point guard, has, and he stayed healthy. Uh, like, but uh, looking at it, i I probably go Beal, Lillard, then Harden, because, I, again, I'm just very concerned about the defensive fit. If you get to the offseason and you have a little more time and a little more, um, you know, ability to kind of, plan it out and, and scheme your team and, and get the right guys in to, to, to make the scheme work, however you're going to do it, then maybe I'm I'm more open to bumping Harden up a little bit. But as of right now, this moment, if all three of these guys could be available uh, before Thursday, I'm going Beal, Lillard, uh, Harden. Elkin? I'm leaning more towards Beal as my one, just because, I mean, I have a Joel Embiid who's 27, Beal who's younger. I think age is a big thing. As far as fit, I just I need to see Beal on like a really, really. I mean, yeah, he's been on playoff team for the Wizards, but I feel like this 76ers team would be better than any team he had for the Wizards. That's where I'm at, and I just and I can't say I want to see him perform well on this type of team. I'm like, well, I won't see him unless he actually goes over to that team. But Beal is one for me. I think I'm kind of in Richards' school of thought. I would go. Actually, no. I, w- I will go hard in second and then Lillard third for me. That- that's where I'm at with that. Is that just because Lillard is probably out for this for like the remainder of this year and you're yeah and with and with Harden a postseason with Embiid. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that that's a big thing for me with Harden. It's just with Harden though. I'm sometimes I worry, and I think someone put it best that he's becoming a that he's going to become a good shooting Westbrook. I read that this week. That quote this week, and I mean, but an engaged Harden gives me an out-of-this-world playmaker and score. Like, if Harden's fully engaged, I get that. But also, I mean, Lillard, I get the scoring part. Let's, how, long, how long is Lillard out, by the way? So when, you know off the top? when he had his surgery in mid-January, it was a six- to eight-week timeline. So he's going to be right. out, like, beyond the deadline. But again, mm-hmm. you're, when you're training for a guy like Damian Lillard, you're... You're not as like, you're not as much worried about like what that specific timeline is, much as can he be back for the postseason? Because okay. if there's anyone who's a, a plug and play player, if he's healthy, it's Damon Lillard who, you know, takes 40 foot shots off off the dribble. So, you know, not a lot of not a lot of synchronicity that needs to happen to be able to do that. Yeah, and like I think that it, the Blazers have not got a disabled player exception or anything like that for him. So it's it's. It wouldn't be something that, like for Michael Porter Jr., he's out. Like they've gotten the, the disabled player exception, and so they doctors have have looked at him and said he's out through through June. And uh, Patrick Williams got his denied, so he'll be coming coming back. Dame, they've not gotten for him. I could see it being a thing where if he were to get traded, it's all right. We're gonna ramp up. We're gonna come back in you know Marchish and and try to get you know have that last little month or so before the playoffs to try to figure and work some things out. 
But if he sticks with around Portland, I could very easily see, you know, if they've decided to go into the tank direction, it's, oh, there's a little bit of a setback or, or you know, whatever. When really there, there might not be. We're just trying to lose more games. There's no point to bring Lillard back, uh, you know. I don't even know if they would say it as like a setback or anything like that because that could hurt, you know, potential trade value. But yeah. I just, I think if he's on a team, he'll be back before the playoffs. If he's not, I think he's out for the year. Well, and if I'm the Blazers, honestly, I'm not trying to miss the playoffs this year, and not in the way of like, um, like I care about this team winning. I would like that pick to just get out of the way, so that they could hang out in the ten seat. Like, and you're telling me Damian Lillard's playing in those in those uh, playing games? I like the chances. One game sample size, I love that. So, like, if I'm the Blazers and we're not trying to blow it up, I'm trying to make that pick convey. Like, that's what I want. That's what I want to happen. There are only three teams that are, like, actually, like, I think too far below where Portland is right now. Like, if Portland decided we're going to go ahead and tank, I think that Orlando, Detroit, and Houston, they're not going to be able to catch. Maybe OKC because they'll probably do do some sweet but tanking o- themselves. OKC's but, beat them. OKC's beat the Blazers twice in the last month. Correct. They have, like, a four-game, a four you know, lead on the tank job, and I just— at some point, that becomes a little bit of a tough, tough uh, ask for them. And but Anthony's Sacramento's, playing for a contract. Yeah, Sacramento's pushing. Um, the Spurs are pushing. The Pelicans are probably pushing, right? Indy, who knows what's going to happen with them? But guess what? You're only two games uh, in, in in front of them or behind them, depending on on your perspective and point of view. Like they could easily be tied for the four thoughts in this draft where. Hey, if you get, um, I mean, it, it seems as though you can get legitimate players uh, in this draft just based on what I'm looking at. Like, top three, there, there's, a, there's a, I think, a pretty distinctive top three. And then there's a four and a five, perhaps, that, that you know, could get in there. Is what, like, if there was a year to go through and, and, and do the tank, it's, I mean, with where they are positioned right now, I can see it. It's you, not you don't that kind of tank for next year me. either. You don't gotta convince convince me, man. I'm all about this team just dropping out of the out of the race because it's just not it's not happening. And obviously, like, I'm I'm the one. And let me get my ranking out here. And so, because I'm a I'm a, much as I wanted Beal to become a, a Heat player, I I'm still a Beal skeptic. I I would rank it a, a Dame Beal Harden is how I would have it. And the only question I have then is like, do you have to give up more assets to get Dame, or do you not? And like if everyone's worth a, like I mean obviously if everyone's worth a couple picks because of the because like they are going to resign well then I'd I'd I honestly would rather have Dame because I think Dame gives me a championship if he's healthy with Joel and I don't necessarily believe that with Beal or or believe that with Harden I truly think if Dame had Joel Embiid out here any one of those years in Portland you know take CJ away do anything if if Dame had an Anthony Davis if he had Age won't be. If he had a ban out of bio, I think he would be like th- th- those. Th- those teams wouldn't have just been threatening. They were like been getting close. They would have been threatening. And so I think Dame's that kind of pl- that kind of player on his team away from from a championship. And I don't necessarily believe that with with Beal and Harden as much. No, I I think he has been. I just I think it's a fair question to see will he be um, yeah, at this pace. It's true. At, at He's definitely stage, so. And just like you know, he played in the Olympics that last season, so like he had like a, like a little bit more work in the off season than normal, and he didn't, he wasn't healthy all year. 
it's it's a, it's a fair question to wonder if he's the same Damian Lillard or can be ever again. But I mean, I I I haven't given up on that yet. But I I have for the Blazers because the Blazers I don't think I don't think the Blazers can hire the right person to turn this thing around with Damian Lillard still in the roster. I don't think Time that person exists. Time is too short, and assets are too few. Yes. Well, fellas, I am ready. I am ready for the for Thursday. I am ready for the silly trades that will happen, the 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 good <laughs> trades that will happen, and the trades that specifically involve our teams, Elkin and, and, and myself. Probably probably not Ethan. Ethan, they're probably gonna be like one tiny little small trade, and and maybe hopefully you can get right. in on the. Uh, right now, I'm just setting, some, well. setting myself up for disappointment for this trade line for overall. Watch nothing happen, and we just see a few second rounders get moved around, and then that's it. That's what's going to happen. I just, I just want to remind everyone I know I already said it once, but the Heat are currently 346K under the tax. So there will not be a deal being made that puts them over the tax. I will guarantee that. No, I'm, I, I agree with that as well. That's that's not going to happen. I, I could see I could see some of these guys like, okay, Casey's got a one year, you know, like I could see him get him and him and him getting shipped out for another player that makes the exact same minimum. I could see Markeith Morris getting moved if, if the other team doesn't care about his injury. That's I was going to say, I'll say Markeith Morris to OKC for a second or something like that, just to get the floor and open up a roster up spot. Because if, if he's hurt, hurt, like it kind of sounds like he is. And if he is, and you get the disabled player exception, guess what? That's that's gonna push you over the tax. So yeah, you, I know you need to clear it. You gotta get a team. You got you gotta get a team to uh to take him on. But it's one of those things that like, I I don't like. I see the Heat have a really good setup here, like with 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 their big pay money guys. I mean, obviously, if you, if I think if the right team offered something for Duncan, like if they were like. We'll give you a guy who's not quite as good a three-point shooter, but a good defender and makes slightly less money. Like I think there could be something to be said about that because of how well Max Struess and Gabe Vincent have played this year. Jeremy Grant. I understand Jeremy Grant, but Jeremy Grant makes more money than um, Duncan does. So Wait, y'all, would, we'd had we'd had to finesse a little bit. You know what? I'm a, I'm gonna pull back up here. Why not? Why, why, let's 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 go out. We yeah, thought so we were in the clear. We thought we were getting out of here. We are not. I know. I mean, you guys would have to like. We we'd have to send back, like, to like it'd be Dunk it'd be Duncan Markeith and Casey Akpala. You can't say Deadman. <laughs> it'd be Casey Akpala, Markeith, and Duncan, and then like you know a second round pick because we we don't got picks right. No picks. No picks to trade. <laughs> Just kidding. And we can get out of here. I don't think there's anything for the Heat to be doing out here. Being honest. They're, they're, they're a really good team. Really good team.